Father, we just thank you for these moments in this time and in the awesome and majestic and unparalleled name of Jesus. I speak the blessing of the Lord over every person that the Word of God would hit them the way it needs to. Holy Spirit, I invite you, Lord, to just minister life in the way that you must. Breathe on your people. Breathe on your sons, your daughters. Breathe on those, perhaps, Lord, who've wandered away. God, breathe on your servant now. I need you. I thank you. In Jesus' name, and a faithful church said, Come on, come on, give the Lord a hand and grab your seats. One more time, can we get up the worship team, our production teams, our dream teams, everyone that makes Church Alive happen week in and week out. Miriam and I so appreciate you and you are making a difference. Can someone say amen? amen. I want to talk along the topic of deadly insecurity today. Deadly insecurity. We've talked about negativity. We've talked about apathy. My wife brought a brilliant message on how apathy can rob us from God's purpose for our lives. We've talked about self-pity, a bit of a challenging, it's not an exciting thing to say, by the way, my topic today is self-pity. But I felt like actually numerous people went up to me as like, that message was for me. And I said, I know. And no, I didn't at all. I didn't know really who they were, but it was a great a thing. It's like, man, my goodness, that message was for me. And then last Sunday night, Jesse Eisenhart, he actually brought up a great message about pride and how humility is the pathway to blessing and so forth. And I want to talk about deadly um, insecurity. And I want to look at it through the lens of a guy by the name of Aaron, through the lens of a man by the name of Aaron. You may be far more familiar with Moses. Moses, the one who led them out of Egypt. But I want to look at it from the lens of Aaron. Aaron shows up in this story. Aaron shows up in the scriptures because of Moses' insecurity. Moses is not confident in his speaking ability. He perhaps stutters and, and just can't seem to string sentences together in his own mind. Um, it, it, it seems like it's an excuse for actually in the book of Hebrews, the Bible actually says that Moses was powerful in word and in speech. And that is it's why it seems like the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. But it's his own insecurity. It's actually his own inadequacy that brings Aaron into the story. And so I want to give you, I really want you to take notes today. I think it's imperative that you come to church and lean in. I think it's so important you come to church not just to, uh, just to watch, but to really learn something. Would you say amen? And um, unless you know everything. But since you probably don't know everything, I just think that the best thing, listen, and let me say this, do you know that in a culture of honor, one of the things we want to build in, in Church Alive is a culture of honor. And here's why, because Jesus himself was limited by the number of miracles he could do in his own hometown because they did not honor him. Can I tell you what a culture of honor looks like at Church Alive? A culture of honor means you come early to the service. A culture of honor means you're ready for praise and worship time. A culture of honor means you lean into the Word. You are expecting God to show up. Man, if you're serving on a team, you show up early. You treat it like you want to get promoted. It's a culture of honor. And you will find that when you honor what God honors, you will get the blessing that honor entails. There is an honor to it. And so when we come around the Word, that's why I so encourage you, not because what I've got to say is so critical, but God, what God wants to say through me, through the Word of God, is going to build your life. Does that make sense? But I want to give you this thought. Insecurity, number one, insecurity will cause you to partner with people that are not God's best plan. Insecurity. Moses is saying, I want Aaron. And God says to him, here, have Aaron. But the actual plan of God was not Aaron for his life. 
It was that Moses would go to Pharaoh by himself, that he would stand there and declare. And now because of his insecurity, he actually chooses someone who has his own issues of insecurity, as we're about to find out. Could it be? Why is it sometimes that you'll see an absolutely beautiful girl and he's with an absolute loser? And you'll break up with him. And sometimes on the inside, but she can't see herself alone. And the picture of being alone is far more powerful in her life than choosing someone good. Because when we are insecure, we actually partner up with people that we should never partner up with. Does that make sense? Number two, insecurity will cause you to talk badly about people. When you talk bad about people, you're actually revealing a lot about yourself, aren't you? And we've all done it. There's no question. We've all gossiped. We've all talked bad about someone. And for some reason, talking bad about them felt like it lifted you up. But it actually pulled you down. Because you just spoke badly about someone else. And so when, when, when gunk, gunk comes out of you, gunk gets on you. Listen to what Numbers chapter 12 says in verse 12. The Bible says, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. In, in other words, he had not married a Jewish woman. And Moses, and uh, sorry, um, Miriam and Aaron, not my sweet Miriam, not my, not my lovely Miriam, not my beautiful Miriam, another Miriam in the Bible. Miriam and Aaron began to, they're close to Moses. They are the next closest person. He is like the President of the United States. Aaron is like the VP. Uh, Miriam is kind of like the, the Secretary of State at that time. And because they're close to him, they see his faults and they see his weaknesses. And so it causes them to speak badly about him. And here's what Scripture says, though. It says this. He says in verse 2, So they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? He says, Has He not spoken through us also? In other words, what, what Aaron and Miriam were doing were they were elevating themselves beyond the call of God on their lives. Watch what insecurity does. Insecurity is not comfortable in the call of God in your life. So how many of you would think to be the Vice President of the United States of America would be a pretty powerful position? But isn't it funny that sometimes even that's not enough? No, I need to be number one. But what if God has called you to be number two? Right? What if, what if someone has a distinct, unique singing ability or business ability and, and, and whatever that might be, and you say, no, I'm going to get over that. Do you know one of the greatest things you can do is celebrate the gifts on your life? Because when you celebrate, and I celebrate the gifts and the core on my life, guess what? I can champion and encourage other people, and I don't have to pull them down. I can lift them up. I can encourage them. I can see the gifts on someone else because I'm not threatened by their gifts. Does that make sense? See, when we're insecure, we actually talk badly about people. And notice how God protects Moses. God shows up. It is an amazing, it is amazing how God sees Moses. Here's what the Bible says. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. It felt like you're being called to the principal's office. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. And he called Aaron and Miriam. And it's like, uh-oh, we're going to see the Lord. And they both went forward. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, he says, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. 
I speak to him in a dream. Watch how he talks about Moses. He says, not so my servant Moses. Moses didn't call himself God's servant. God called Moses his servant. He says he is my servant. He is faithful. Watch this now, church. Watch this now, men. He is faithful in all of my house. He's not like somewhat faithful. He's not a little bit faithful. It's literally he is how God sees Moses. He says, Moses is faithful in all of my house. Wow, what an incredible thing if God could look at you and me and say, this one is faithful in all of my house. This one is faithful in the house that I've put him over, the core that I have him in. He says, I speak with him face to face, even plainly, not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. And he says this now, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, Moses? Do you know that many times wanting to do something great for God must be tempered with knowing your calling? Because... When I speak many times, especially to kind of high school and college students and so forth, and, and you're inspiring, you're encouraging them, do something great for God. And sometimes that can get in them in the wrong way. And it's kind of like, I want to do something great for God. But do you know that the pathway to promotion in the kingdom of God is humility? God exalts the humble, but he literally resists you when you are prideful. The plan of God can be God wants to do something great for you. But if you promote you, do you know that other people actually have to promote you? Can I get an amen? <laughs> Number three, insecurity causes you to compromise. Exodus chapter 32, Moses is up on the mountain praying. The Bible says this, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together around Aaron. They gathered together around him. And they said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this man Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has happened to him. Picture this. Moses, the leader, has left. He's on the mountain. Joshua is with him. They're literally receiving like the, the Ten Commandments and so forth. They are meeting with God, Aaron is the next leader, and what happens is the crowd gathers around Aaron and says to him, make us other gods. In other words, we've been in Egypt, they still think like slaves, they're used to being surrounded by gods, and now they're not sure where God is, not sure where Moses is, now they surround Aaron and say, make for us another God. In other words, and he responds and he, and he does it. He says, give me the gold, give me your watches, give me your earrings, give me your Rolex, give me your Timex. It doesn't matter. Give me your stuff. And literally, it says he makes them an idol. Insecure leaders compromise. Insecure people compromise. My experience has been this. You don't do what you believe. You do what shouts the loudest. What shouts the loudest and what shouted the loudest around Aaron was the voices of friends and the voices of leaders perhaps and the voices of people that he loved. And they said, make for us an idol. And Aaron says, okay. That's why it's so important that as a, as a pastor and a preacher and what's happening in America and so forth is, 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 is many times media goes and asks them and they'll ask Christian leaders key questions and they'll ask them certain questions um, and they actually want to form around them and they want to, them to compromise. In other words, they want a different image of God. 
And in our culture, we've created a different image of God. See, the danger in our culture is that, um, is that many times we say, hey, all roads lead to heaven. That's culturally very accepted. and All roads lead to heaven. But my challenge with that is, hold on, are you a signpost now to heaven? You've now set yourself up as a signpost that is different to Jesus. You're saying, Jesus, I know way more than you. And we are dangerous when we do that. You can easily say, well, I'm not sure, but Jesus said, he's the way. He's the truth. He's the lie. It was arrogant if everyone's not invited, but if everyone's invited, now it's just cool. Every single one of us is invited to Jesus. Can I get an amen? Insecurity will cause you to lie. Moses comes back down the mountain and, and, and uh, him with Joshua and they come down the mountain and the people are partying. There's, there's beatbox going on. There's literally drunkenness. There's, there's, there's sexual stuff going on. It is a kind of raging pagan party. It's not a good thing. Moses flips the lid. He throws the tablets and he's like, Aaron, what are you doing? And Aaron's literally like, you know how evil these people are? And he says, I just got their gold and I threw it in the fire. And the Bible says that Aaron says, and this, this calf came out of the fire. The calf came out of the fire, Aaron, or you made it? Um, well, actually, I made it. And insecurity, maybe, could it be that that day he didn't spend time with Jesus? He didn't spend time with the Lord that day. Maybe Moses is up on the mountain, yet his own private devotional life was getting slack. He wasn't spending time with God. And when you don't spend time with God, when other people surround you, you'll compromise. When other people surround you, even the insecurities on the inside can actually cause us to lie and to cover up. Listen to this, what the dictionary calls as insecurity. It is a lack of confidence or assurance. It is self-doubt. It can be said about people, he is plagued by insecurity. It is the quality or state of being unstable. Can I say this? I don't know why I'm asking permission to say it. Can I say this? You ever do that? I think this, and you're like, wait, I don't think that. I know that. And then you're like, hey, I'm, I, can I say? I'm going to say. Um, I think all of us deal with insecurity. Absolutely all of us. And what's interesting is some of my friends back in the day, I would have said they were the most confident people, but then I met with them privately, and I was shocked at the level of insecurity within. Absolutely shocked. I, have you ever walked into a room and just thought, man, I'm, I'm 100% confident in this room. But you walk into a different room and all of a sudden these insecurities start coming up. Like if you're a music person in here, if you walked into a music uh, where they're teaching music and not, not everyone's good at music, you would walk in and be like, oh, I'm better than them. Or maybe you're a business owner and you walked into perhaps someone there or a startup so forth and you walk into a room and you feel like you are the man in that, but then you walk into Bill Gates' room Warren Buffett, even Trump. And all of a sudden, isn't it funny that you can walk into the room in one place, feel 100% confident, walk into the room in, in, in somewhere else, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, what are these feelings of insecurity that I have? Are you with me? 
Because insecurity flows out of the heart. Insecurity flows out of the picture that you actually see yourself as compared to someone else. Insecurity is the picture you see of yourself. And Aaron was unable to see himself as someone who went against what everyone's opinions was, even if it was God's. And sometimes what happens on the inside of all of us, and I know I've wrestled with this many, many times. I had an important meeting recently and, and I was getting ready for the meeting and I was reading the notes on the meeting and I had to kind of give a, a presentation, not to a, a crowd of people, but to a one-on-one. What's interesting is a crowd of people to me is actually my comfort zone. But actually when it comes to a very important meeting, when it comes to one-on-one, there isn't a crowd. See, if, if one person hates my message, I just don't have to look at them. But when you're talking one-on-one, it's, it's, it's yes or no. And I remember getting into the meeting and going into this government building. And man, I, the, the fear and the insecurity that I was feeling on the inside was overwhelming. I literally overwhelming. And I just had, I literally, there was a business guy I met with. And, 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 and I was, I told him, leave me alone. Because I had to get myself into a, a faith position. And literally, I, t- I promise you a hundred times, 150 times, it was an important meeting. I literally was like, God is with me. 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 Because insecurities were shouting, but I had to make the other voices shout louder. God is with me. God is with me. Man, this is my thing. This is my moment. This is my mojo. Come on, you better lose yourself in the moment. You better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Knees weak, arms are heavy. Vamana sweater, mom's spaghetti. Yeah, you know, come on. Jesus said the good man, the good treasure of his heart brings out good things. The evil man, the evil treasure of his heart brings out evil things. The insecure man, the insecurities of his heart brings out insecure things. The nation of Israel was robbed of moving into their destiny because 10 of them saw themselves as grasshoppers compared to the others. How do you wrestle this? Can I ask you a question? Why do you feel insecure? I think it's a good question to ask yourself. Is it a lie you believe? Because most of the time when you feel insecure, actually it's a lie you believe. You're like, hold on. I'm as valuable as they are. Hold on, I'm as good as them. They're not better than me. It's actually a lie on the inside. But can I say this? You might believe that, but here's the reality of a moment. How many know that our minds are constantly getting trained in a value system? So if I believe the Word of God that says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, however, my mind is continually being trained in certain things. When you watch TV, understand your mind is being trained in a value system. You don't know it, it's just happening and, and it's kind of casually happening. So understand this, if you, if you make a lot of money but you walk into a room where they make way more money than you and your value system and how you think about success, all of a sudden you will walk into that room and feel insecure because your value system says this is so important to me. And it could be looks, it could be athletics, it could be music, it could be business, that you walk into that place and you feel insecure because the way your brain has been trained is, I I, I know money isn't everything, but they're a billionaire. I know money isn't everything, but they're more successful than me. I know looks aren't everything, but I feel like this person's better looking than me. Does that make sense? 
Is this hitting you where it should be? Can I say this? It's one of the reasons why families have to build a constant culture of encouragement. It's one of the reasons why our church strives to be an encouraging church because so many people are listening to their own negative voices all the time. Um, (laughs) Thank you, man. Out of these deadly seven series and topics and negativity and apathy and fear and and, um, insecurity, I want you to think about this way. It's not a perfection thing. It's a growth thing. I think this is really, really important for you to grasp because you may wrestle with some insecurities and then you're like, Pastor preached about insecurity on Sunday and then I felt insecure on Wednesday. It doesn't work. No, no, no. You've got to actually grow through fear. How many of you, if you were apathetic one day, the next day you are not Captain Discipline? You are apathetic, you can't get out of bed, and now all of a sudden, you're like the rock. You're up at four in the morning, working out for two hours. It doesn't happen, it's growth, right? We grow through things. We're going to allow ourselves, I believe, for people to get set free in a moment, but do you know that that same demon you got set free from comes on back looking for a home? Jesus said when a demon literally leaves a place, it'll come on back later and just check out, hey, can I come on back here? Woo! It's like the post office guy. He keeps coming back. I can't send him away. Right? He comes back the next day. He comes back the next day. And when it comes to fear and insecurity and apathy and all kinds of things that want to get on us, understand that you might beat it one day, but would you like to accept this envelope of apathy? Oh, thank you. I'll just lie down on the couch now. And get apathetic. And insecurity, actually, you've got to grow through it. See, the easy answer is this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It is the easy answer. Now, it's one of the answers. It really is. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The most confident times in my life, I am the most Jesus-focused and people-focused, loving people. I'm actually not thinking much about me. And so in our series, the danger of pointing out insecurity and fear and all kinds of different problems in your life is is you kind of look inward and go, I need to fix my insecurity. I need to fix my fear. No, no, no. You need to stop staring at yourself. You need to look at Jesus. You need to look at other people. Can I get an amen? When it comes to discipleship, discipleship is the mission of Jesus. It is the mission of Jesus. Discipleship, though, Um, doesn't just happen in preaching. Discipleship happens in hard conversations. Discipleship happens when you're hanging around people. Discipleship happens, you're like, oh, that's how they pray and that's how they do it and that's how they do family. And and so there's got to be those moments. But how many know that you don't want to point someone else's fault out? Well, maybe someone you do, you like it. You're like, you have this problem. No, and, and, and as, as a pastor of a church, I've often had to wrestle with, wow, I have to talk to this person about this. But when I want to talk to them about it, on the inside, I go, but I want people to like me. And I don't know if I think that, but it's obviously the feeling on the inside, because then all of a sudden the feeling on the inside goes to, oh. But then if I actually put on love, 
and I look at the person and go, but I love this person, I want the best for this person, and, and hold on, this is just a wart that we need to cut off. And I just need to point out that you've got warts on your hands, you need to get some wart killer. Do you know what I'm saying? When it comes to issues and, and things in your life. Can I get an amen? And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God, and he grew in favor with man. And so I want you to understand that you are going to grow out of fear. You're going to grow out of insecurity. You're going to grow out of apathy. Someone say, I'm a growing person. Come on, say, I'm a growing person. Once you're out of high school, once you're out of college, they give you a diploma, and the worst thing you can think to yourself is, well, I'm done learning. No, learning is a lifelong process. In Psalm 1, it talks about the man who is planted by rivers of water. And the Bible actually says that whatever he does, it prospers. In other words, what we meditate on, we will produce in our lives. What we meditate on, we will produce. But how many know that if a tree is planted by a stream of water and it is growing, it is healthy, it's, it's, it's shooting up and so forth, how many know that there might be a branch that falls off occasionally? There might be some things that go wrong, but as long as you're planted, life is going to come back into you in Jesus' name. Are you with me, church? If you feel insecure, ask yourself this question, why do I feel insecure? What lie do I believe? Second thought, can I give you a real practical one? Actually, both of them are practical. But one's more, one's more almost like of the mind, but one's more just of, of action. What skill do I need to develop? What skill do I need to develop? I will never be confident singing in front of people. So I don't need to develop that skill, right? Now, if I walk into a mechanic store and there's mechanics around and they're fixing a car, I'm useless at fixing cars. And I've got to determine, is that a skill that I need to grow in? So if you're a business person, maybe you growing is just simply saying, I, I, I feel insecure, but I'm going to keep growing and I'm going to be the best person I can be. How many of you ever get nervous around meeting new people? Yeah. Right? Sometimes we get nervous around meeting new people and I found adults get stuck the most. And here's why we get stuck the most. Because we don't have someone pushing us to do it. When we are young, my daughter, she, um, she, she got to the edge of the pool this summer and she forgot that last summer she learned how to swim. She didn't need floaties anymore. And I'm in the pool and I'm like, Shelly, come jump to me and so forth. And she's like, no, daddy, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And, and so forth. And, and, and here's the thing about insecurities and people skills and all this kind of stuff that I think so many people can grow in. Understand this. You don't become a master overnight. People that are generally good with people skills generally hung out with someone who were good at people skills. And so you don't get good at people skills with a book. You can learn a couple of tweaks. You can learn a couple of things. Actually, the best thing you can do to become a better people person, for instance, is hang out with someone who's a good people person. And it'll just rub off on you. And you're like, oh, that's what you do. Oh, that's what you say. You compliment people. You don't insult people. You chat to people. You smile. You're friendly. Am I helping anyone? Come on. Can I say this? If we have weaknesses that cause us to lean on God, it's actually a good thing. Do you know that some insecurities or some fears or some areas of weakness in your world, God is not going to fix? Because He wants you to depend on Him in that area. 
It's like a dragon. A dragon has power and, and, and skill and scales, but it always has a weak spot. And the Apostle Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. I've normally found that God pushes me above my level of comfortability and then says, okay, depend on me. Does that make sense? Practically, why must, why must we address insecurities? We, because when we run from them, we empower them. Because insecurities become fears. Fears become phobias. Have you ever met someone and perhaps they were afraid of something and 20 years later they can't even go near it? If a guy is insecure about asking a girl out, he's going to ask around. He's like, oh, she asked around. There's, there's things on the inside. And then all of a sudden he goes and he asks her out and he gets a win. What happens? He gets more confident, doesn't he? Right? But if he shifts into it, oh, I can never do it. 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 Now all of a sudden, he's 74. And now what was a simple insecurity has now become an absolute phobia. What you do not address, you empower in your life. I've given you a number of notes and so forth, but let me give you a couple of practical thoughts. I become more confident at something that I become good at. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man skilled in his business? He'll serve before kings. He'll not serve before obscure men. So sometimes it just means hard work in, in your skill. Another thought, be growth conscious, not failure conscious. If you ask someone out and they say no, just go, I'll learn from that one. Do you know the other day I invited someone to our church and um, in the park and I walked away and I was just critiquing how I invited them. And I was just like, oh my goodness, that was the worst invitation I've ever given. To it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad. But I just was like, should I have, should I have? It was the first time I met the person. I connect, we're chatting about all kinds of things. And he was from a place that I knew some people. They were faith people. And, uh, and I invited him to our church. I'm like, come check it out. And so forth. And I walked away and I was like, oh, that was kind of crap. And so I can either insecurely never ask anyone to our church again, or I can just get better at it, yeah. right? And so the reality is you grow through it. Yeah. You grow through it. You might speak in front of people one time and it's the worst. <laughs> it is tragic. People like that person should never speak in front of people ever. <laughs> but what if the next time you're just 10% better? Yeah. You might go to an interview and you are the worst. You're so bad but you're only the worst if you stay there, yeah. right? If I'm growth conscious, not failure conscious, it's going to help my life, amen? amen? You might feel insecure at a party. You're like, I'm feeling insecure. Well, then hide in the corner or talk to people and, and grow in the skill. Can I say that, that actually people's skill is a skill? Yeah. It's a skill. It's all about you, Jesus. It is. But you know, coming to church is actually about people. It's all about Jesus. It sounds so spiritual. It's not really true. Like it's for Him and it is Him and so forth. But when you come to the house of God, if you only connect to God, we've actually done a bad job. I want you to connect to God and people. Amen. We need to be Jesus-focused, not self-focused though. I'm going to work on my issues. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you as well. Jesus-focused, people-focused will actually, over time, God's going to help you in the areas. And guess what? You're not going to feel like Superman all the time. You're not going to walk up to people and just know, oh, I am the most confident person in all the world. Because the reality is that even if you met someone like Michael Jordan, how many know at the latter part of his career, he probably got a little nervous that maybe his, his playing years would actually be tainted if he badly performed. You could be an incredible business person, incredible athlete, but how many of them are so confident, but take away a couple of wins? Insecurity is back. Amen. <laughs> Jesus focused, not self focused. Jesus focused, not self focused. Colossians 3 tells us we're to fix our eyes, fix our eyes on things above not on things of the earth. Do you receive it? Come on, can I have the worship team to come back? If you are here today, I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to pray that, listen, there's the practical things that I think you've got to do out of a message and out of a sermon. I think that you've got to meditate and think about, man, what are the things that I need to do out of this? But then sometimes the reality is there are some things that only Jesus can do. And we're going to pray and believe that perhaps if there's some mindsets, if there's literally attachments that are not of God, that have just come on you and insecurity and fear are literally robbing you of your destiny. Sometimes, hear me again, insecurity can sometimes be good because it helps you depend on God. But insecurity that stops you from fulfilling God's purpose must be ripped out. Insecurity that stops you fulfilling God's purpose must be cut out. So I want to believe and pray with you over that. But I was reading, I think it was the verse of the day that popped up on my phone today. It's 1 Corinthians, I believe it's verse 2. And I want to talk to you if you've never met Jesus or maybe you have and you've wandered from Him. Uh, Maybe you got religion. Maybe you went to church. um, Or maybe at one time you were a follower of Christ, but you ran from Him. I want to give you this promise of Scripture. 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 2. It says this, No eye has seen. No ear has heard, nor has literally entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love Him. That means beyond your wildest imaginations, what God has for you is better than you think. It literally means that you can't picture what God has for you. You can't imagine it better than what He has for you. No mind, not one mind has imagined what God has for you. The Father He loves you. He loves you so much. He literally bankrupted heaven, sent His Son so that Jesus would die in your place. He's not mad at you. He poured out His wrath on His Son. Now He wants to give you this gift called grace. We can't earn it. We can't clean up our lives first. All we can do is turn and trust. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, there was a man who was a, a literally a prison guard. He was guarding someone in a prison. His name was Paul. And he went up to Paul and he said, what must I do to be saved? Because God had just shown up in that prison. And Paul said these such simple graceful words he said whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved you may not going to get right first he's like no 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 whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved if you've never trusted Jesus or you've run away and you need to trust him again this is the moment for you to say man I need to trust him again I need to follow him again
right here, right now, heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's pray this simple prayer together. Come on, say, Jesus, I need you. I've run from you, but I turn to you. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I want to be in relationship with the one who made me from this day. Help me follow you for the rest of my life. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. If you met business with God, if you've been running away, walked away, never accepted Christ before in this place, would you just quickly, if you prayed that prayer today, would you quickly lift your hand just so I can see it? I'm not going to embarrass you, but all across this place, thank you, thank you. Anyone else, just quickly, just say yeah to Jesus. Come on. Anyone else? I think there was another one there. So good. All across this place. Anyone else? I just want to wait on just perhaps one. Anyone else just saying, yeah, man, Pastor Anthony, I needed that. I prayed that. Father, I thank you for hands lifted. I thank you for your people in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would radically, radically change their hearts and their lives. May they never, ever be the same. Lord, may they be planted in a house that they might fulfill the call that is on their life. And Lord, I pray now, I pray for every person. I pray for every person, me, everyone on stage, everyone, Lord, from our kids to Oh God, all the way up, I pray over any issues of insecurity. I pray over things and attachments and spirits and, and voices that would shout to them and wound them. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that there would be freedom for your people. Lord, it may not be in, in it's healed in a moment, but right now I believe, Lord, for something to lift off your people now in Jesus' name, something to shift off them. Lord, with this healing of the soul that needs to happen. Holy Spirit, would you just heal areas of the soul and continue to heal. Father, we thank you for it. Lord, we believe you for it. And the church alive said, come on, give the Lord a hand.